0: Micro Monday again, the weekly microcast where we get to know members of the micro.blog community. I'm G McDonald, the community manager here at Micro.blog. On this episode, I am very pleased to have Kimberly Hirsch, who is at Kimberly Hirsch on Micro.blog. Hey Kimberly, how's it going? Going very well, thank you. How about with you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm enjoying uh being back in Portland after kind of a lot of travel the first part of the year, and uh, I'm back to Micro Monday. So, uh, thank you for making the time to be here. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a bit about yourself?
1: Okay. So, I think, like many other Micro Monday guests before me, I'm going to unpack my micro.blog bio just a tiny bit. Um, so, it starts. By saying that I'm a multi-passionate scholar librarian and mom, and the multi-passionate part is the least obvious there, I think. And that is just that I am fascinated by a lot of things. Uh, author Emily Wapnick, who wrote the book How to Be Everything, and runs the website puttylike.com, actually uses the word multi-potentialite. So mm. I'm the kind of person who could do one of many different things or or many of many possible things, but I felt like that was kind of a confusing word to use in a bio. So I went with multi-passionate instead. Mm -hmm. Um, Scholar librarian, I'm a doctoral student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I'm actually going to revise that and say I'm a doctoral candidate at the University (laughs) of North Carolina at Chapel Hill for one month officially as of today. I have been a candidate. um, So All that means is that the only thing left I have to do is write my dissertation and then after that I'll get to be a doctor. That's about a year and a half away. Less than that. A year and two months away. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I need to get to work. Um, And then a mom because I am the mother of a three-year-old son who is a great delight to me. Um, Metadata Mermaid is a recent addition. I'm very much obsessed with mermaids and I um, being a librarian, did some freelance metadata work for a former boss at his new organization last summer, and I really liked it. So I'm hoping to get more people searching for metadata to find me by sticking it in my bio.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and then the the part that is either the most obvious or the most um, obtuse, if you're not <laughs> familiar with the reference, is Love Child of Giles and Jenny Calendar," yeah, I totally which, get that. <laughs> yeah, is so... I have been obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer for about 20 years. I came in during season four Mm -hmm. um, and joined the bronze, which was the official posting board for Buffy. And that became a huge part of my identity and was basically most of my social life while I was in undergrad um, and got me through some, some really rough times. And I still communicate with the friends I made there and, and was there. I think uh, in February of 2018, I actually visited Los Angeles for a big reunion party with all those folks. And I say love child of Giles and Jenny calendar. Cause I like books and computers yeah, um, and I do not see them as opposing one another at all, which is also related to sort of my perspective uh-huh. on what it means to be a librarian. So that was a lengthy yeah, <laughs> introduction cool. to me. The rest of it is fairly understandable. So I won't break it
0: down. <laughs> I was excited by both the mermaid reference and the, um, Buffy reference. And I was like, that's a great, that's a great way of describing something, you know, because yes, that was one of the great, great, um, you know, couples on, on TV period. And their coming together was quite, uh, quite exciting and lovely and tragic and all that. So, so yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, a couple years ago, I was like, looking for a Buffy gift for some other purpose. And I found one of Jenny Callender saying to Giles, you're kind of a sexy fuddy duddy. (laughs) And I said to my husband, wait a minute, You're Giles, and I'm Jenny (laughs) Callender. And he was like, well, yes, that has been obvious for years. And I was like, I didn't know until just now. So they are some of my favorites, for sure.
0: Yes, I I totally agree. And I think, you know, most of the fans I know would would agree with you as well. Um, But And I would love to just talk about Buffy now for 20 minutes, but I'm going to Uh. exercise (laughs) my discipline, -discipline, self-discipline, and say – that's a different podcast. <laughs> it is. That's the podcast that I started
1: recording, recorded five episodes of, and then uh, had to actually go back to working on my doctoral degree. <laughs> um, so one day, perhaps, I will pick my Buffy podcast back up.
0: Well, if you're ever looking for guests, I never tire of talking about Buffy. Me either. The Buffy, you know, the, the circle around her. Um. But, yeah, so how did you – um how'd you come to micro.blog when, what attracted you to it? Um, I, I don't remember exactly when you joined for me now you've been there for as long as I can remember.
1: Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I know it was part of my getting into the indie web. So in, um, 2017, I think November, 2017, my friend Whitney Baker, who is the, I think she calls herself the web wizard of the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University, mm-hmm. um, tweeted a blog post from Vicki Boykus about how to fix the internet. And Vicki Boykus is a data scientist, among many other things. And in the comments of that post, Chris Aldrich had mm-hmm. mentioned the IndieWeb. And so I fell down a rabbit hole that night and was up very late. My <laughs> son was, I think my son was, Yeah, like 13 months old or something. Um, And so he was quite young and he was like asleep next to me while I was into the wee hours of morning (laughs) (laughs) uh, trying to figure out how to make it work with my website, which was on WordPress. And I had that WordPress site for a long time. Um, And so for the first couple of years, I just hooked up the feed from that WordPress to micro.blog and Mm -hmm. I would get... um, comments, you know, replies from micro.blog via web mention. And I didn't really look at the micro.blog timeline very much, but I enjoyed getting those replies. And I realized it was sort of the most active set of responses I was getting from anywhere. Um, Other Mm -hmm. places, it was just, you know, likes, um, but very little actual conversation. And then I started to get frustrated with my web host And when I was looking for a new place to go and looking at different hosts, I was like, oh, I don't, I want someone who will at least, you know, give me a hope of working with Bridgie, the service that brings in web mentions from Mm -hmm. Twitter and other places like that. And Greg McVary said in the IndieWeb um, IRC chat that micro.blog just works with IndieWeb stuff. You don't have to, you know, fiddle with plugins for two years to understand what's happening. (laughs) And so he said that and I thought about it for a day or two. And then I, um, left my old host, I did get a hosting account with reclaim hosting so that when I hand code stuff, I have a place to put it. And also because I'm hosting a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, some for other people. So I, I still needed a place to put things on the internet where I had more fine grained control, but I moved my personal site entirely over to micro. Blog, And the most fascinating part of that process is that I did the whole thing while on vacation using only my mobile phone. Wow. So I, I didn't bring my laptop with me on the vacation because I was like, I'm not going to do any work. And then I took it into my head that this needed to happen <laughs> and couldn't let it wait until I got back home <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. And did the whole migration on my phone and it worked beautifully.
0: Wow. Yeah. I don't even know how to do that. Like, I mean, I don't know. So was it like using, um, uh, how did you do that? Just tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I exported my WordPress, um, as a zip file, mm-hmm. just onto the, you know, the SD card in my phone. Okay. Um, or the internal storage, probably. I don't think it has an extra SD card. So onto the internal storage in my phone, and then I went to the import on Micro.blog and uploaded that zip file, and it worked.
0: Oh my um, gosh! I didn't realize yeah. it was that easy.
1: <laughs> there are some images I need to go through and fix uh, mm. places where I had like cover images that didn't come over because they weren't actually in the text of the post. But it was amazing. It was so magical and worked so quickly and beautifully.
0: Wow. Well, yes, yeah. that's. that's- I mean, except for, like, you know, maybe some vacation time. Uh, that's a pretty <laughs> awesome story. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how
1: I like to spend vacations. I've spent vacations, like, learning JavaScript and then forgetting yeah. JavaScript. Um, that's my idea of a good vacation, is a place where I have a have beautiful, beautiful scenery and can knock something out on the Internet.
0: Yeah, I'm actually like that as well. I, I've never been really a person who says, let's put everything aside except the the umbrella drinks and uh, the <laughs> chaise lounges out by the beach and just do nothing. I I enjoy working vacations. And once I realized, like, that's me, and that's what I do, then it became much easier for me to take vacations because I didn't feel like, you know, I had to figure out something that was totally unrelated to work. And Yeah. Uh, so you obviously were – uh, blogging before micro.blog. And yes. what's the most interesting thing that you find about micro.blog or have learned on micro.blog?
1: Um, I love how easy it was for me as someone with experience with HTML and CSS to modify a theme. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things I kept banging up against with WordPress was that I just didn't like any of the themes that had micro formats in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I would fiddle and fiddle and my skills just weren't up to snuff because I didn't understand like hooks and PHP stuff. And I just couldn't get there without a lot of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I came into micro.blog and started, you know, diving into custom themes. And I still haven't done nearly as much as I hope to do. I've just, you know, changed some colors and uh, I don't know. I can't remember what else I've done, um, made my H card more obvious, some, some sort of indie web, indie mark type tweaks. Um, but it was so easy with just a little bit of Hugo documentation and just sort of recognizing the way that Hugo seems to work in kind of a plain language way. So I wasn't confused about what anything meant because it was like, this is the header. And I was like, yes, I know what that is. Um, that is easy for me to mess with. So I think that's the thing, you know, that and how simply it works. I actually um, I go to a co working space that is for parents of young children and it has a Montessori school attached. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, one of my friends there was like, hey, so I've been trying to do your IndieWeb thing and I decided to get on micro.blog. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's so great. And she, was like, but I've been trying to figure out how to add all this indie web stuff in. And I was like, no, no, you don't need to. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's taken care of. And, you know, she hasn't really started using it much yet. But I'm excited that someone can just sort of pick it up and jump in without having to have a lot of knowledge. But that in, if you do have a lot of knowledge, there are a lot of things you
0: can do yeah. that are more advanced. It's important to me with Blog is that w- while there is all this great stuff on the back end, it should never seem daunting to a person who doesn't know what that is. You know, like for the people who want that, they can find out about it. But for the people who just want to post, they have a fairly intuitive way to do that. Yeah,
1: I think that is a really special thing about Blog.
0: Yeah. So, uh, do you mind if I ask you about your doctoral candidacy and your dissertation? Not at all. Uh, (laughs) Tell us what you're going to, what you're studying and what your research is about. Sure. I'm going to begin with an
1: anecdote. Um, So when I was um, 18, I guess, yeah, 18, um, my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, bought me a PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII. And um, that sort of launched me into playing a lot more uh, Japanese role-playing games. Mm -hmm. I'd never before played anything that I couldn't play on my home PC um, or on an Atari, you Uh know, like that my parents had gotten at a um, timeshare presentation. So those are my (laughs) video game options until he bought me this in 1999. Um, And uh, it was amazing. It was stunning and beautiful. And um, the music in particular is really gorgeous. And the music from all of the Final Fantasy games is really gorgeous. And many years later, they released a game that was just a game where you play the music from the Final Fantasy games. And they started doing these orchestral concerts. So my husband and I went to one of these orchestral concerts in November 2018. It was called Distant Worlds, the Music of Final Fantasy. And there were a bunch of people there who were in costume as characters from the games. And uh, that's called cosplaying, which is a hobby that I have been on the fringes of for my mom would probably say since I was like three. Um, But when I went digging for photograph examples, really uh, since around college and I would do it for like the um, I did it for the preview screenings of the movie Serenity. Or um, a costume party at my house. But I didn't go to conventions with it. And I didn't really interact with other cosplayers on the internet. But I did love to look at pictures of them. And it was something that I had wanted to take up. But had been overwhelmed by. And so I I went to this concert with him. And I had been mucking about for genuinely um, like a year and a half. Trying to figure out what my dissertation was going to be about. Writing this lit review that didn't have a. Research project tied to it, which makes it really hard to write a good one. And we went to that concert, and then the next day I was working on a chapter in my original lit review. And I read, not for the first time, but reread the dissertation of a scholar named Crystal Martin, who is the director of libraries at El Camino College in Torrance, California. So I always want to ask her if she drives by. Um, Torrance high every day and imagines it's Sunnydale because <laughs> she has done a panel about Buffy. So I know <laughs> it must be a temptation for her. Sure. Um, but uh, she wrote her dissertation about the information literacy practices of World of Warcraft players and how they find and share information and determine whether or not it's useful and whether Uh, what they're doing when they do that can be called building collective intelligence. And I read her dissertation and in her conclusion, she was like, these methods could be replicated with some other, um, the term she uses throughout her dissertation. And that I'll be using in mine is affinity space, which was coined by James Paul G. And it is basically just a group of people who share a passionate interest and they gather somewhere, the space where they gather um, often online, but it doesn't have to be. And, um, So she said, you know, this same methodology could be used to investigate these same information literacy practices in other affinity spaces. And I had like this light bulb, angel singing, uh, inspirational moment where I was like, that's what my dissertation will be. (laughs) And I spent about two hours banging out a prospectus after a year and a half of not knowing, two hours, and I was ready to go. And I emailed it to my advisor and I said, okay, here's, you know, here's the story, here's what's happening. This is what I want to do. And she responded very positively. Um, Crystal is on my committee. Um, And uh, so that is like how I came to be doing this research. What it actually looks like is right now I'm going through some literature about Uh, that's like targeted at librarians for how to get your library involved in cosplay because I thought those would be good resources to find information-rich places to start doing data collection. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be looking at online things like um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, I think is going to be very, very rich, um, Instructables, and looking to see which of those places are really information-rich, and then I'll drill down and focus more on those And then I'm also going to go to conventions and try to interview about 10 cosplayers about their own personal practices um, and and develop sort of an aggregated, uh, what's called an information horizon map from theirs that sort of identifies the relationships between the different sources they use. Um, So that is the short version (laughs) of what my (laughs) dissertation is about. Um, And i Mostly right now, just as of this week, that's kind of mostly what I'm using my microdot blog, you know, site for is to talk about the process more than the data, um, because I'm very frustrated by how much people don't talk about their research processes. Mm-hmm. So I want to be a person who talks a lot about my research process.
0: That's really cool and sounds like a really great area, you know, to to explore further for many reasons and. Uh, and you get to go to conventions.
1: <laughs> That's right. And and clearly I want to, you know, not be an outsider coming in. So I also need to cosplay at those conventions. <laughs> so I can be like, oh, I got to make this uh, Kitty Pride cosplay for work. I'm reading these X-Men comics for work. <laughs> I'm catching up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe for work, you guys. It's for work.
0: It is for it's good yeah. work. It's for work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually said to some friends the other day, I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for work. It was very
0: fun to say. I love that.
1: We're about one year out from when I hope to submit mm-hmm. and 13 months out from when I hope to defend. Um, and then after I defend, then it'll be another month or so until I can actually graduate. But as soon as you defend, you start calling yourself doctor. So Yeah. <laughs> that's when I will tell my kid he has to start calling me Dr. Mommy.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you should totally go to the doctor who convention. <laughs> and uh, Be like, I'm the doctor. And people be like, which doctor? And I'll be like the doctor. I am the doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, me. Uh, yeah. I have, um, I have been to the Gallifrey one and one of the, Things that most amused me is the staff of the convention. Everybody who's cosplayed at cosplaying as any of the doctors, when they wave you through in a line or whatever, they say, you know, this way, doctor, like they, (laughs) they call them all doctor. And, you know, given the most recent doctors, uh, you know, exploding the options for people to cosplay, uh, there's, there's a lot of doctors at the doctor Who convention well, that's yeah. nice yeah anyway now we're back to the uh, the other podcasts that we're not doing right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so we should probably wrap it up thanks so much for being here kimberly and listeners if you want to follow kimberly on Blog, there is a link in the show notes thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week